What's up, guys? Welcome in to our Week 11 recap episode. Uh, I am your uh, host. We're going solo tonight, um, but it's going to be a good episode. So I we got a guest coming on. Uh, might have two guests coming on. It's been a very, very eventful weekend. I have so many stories to tell you about our trip down to see uh, Kip, uh, the Yell Leaders, A&M and Auburn, Jordan-Hare Stadium for the first time. It was a fantastic weekend. Um, but here is the rundown for what we're going to be doing today on the show. We're going to be joined by our buddy Chris Gordy uh, to talk a little bit of the SEC Championship game. Uh, now that Alabama has officially been eliminated from contention uh and the lsu tigers will meet georgia in two to three weeks so um early thoughts on that talk about some of the wild things that happened uh not just in the sec but all across the country um also first and foremost where are you from what you drinking ben diesel what's up dude uh it's 2022 cadillac williams is a better coach yeah it's actually can't argue that um it was a really 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 cool night um even as somebody that's not an Auburn fan. What's up, Jeff Rollins? Yeah, we all love Gordy. He's the best. Uh, I need to send him a link, first off. Um, yeah, so we're also going to answer some questions we threw out to the Facebook group as well. Uh, we have the comments going in here, as <laughs> too. So if you guys have any questions, any thoughts, any uh, concerns, whatever, put it in the suggestion box. That is the comment section. Um, Beard Dog, by the way, hit me up. DM me on Twitter if you want one of those stickers still, because I still have them. What up, Willie Gray? As the only Vandy fan. Yeah, where you been, Jeff Jensen? Okay, we're going to start. We'll, we'll start early uh, with the Vandy stuff because that was awesome. Um, it wasn't the biggest game of the weekend, but my God, what a great win for Clark Lee and Vanderbilt uh, as well. So let's get into it. Uh, the Week 11 recap. Let me send this link to Gordy. Um, did anybody go to a game this weekend? I think, Willie, didn't you go to the, uh, the game in Starkville? Hold up. Um, I am pretty confident my messenger's not working. Well, actually, I can do this. Um, yeah, so just dead radio. This is perfect. Anyway, there was a that was an awesome win. That was an awesome win. It, I mean, from start to finish, they were in that game, and it was not like a fluke. Like in Kentucky, personally, I I enjoyed it, Jeff, just because of uh, how obnoxious their fans were when I even casually suggested that they were kind of shitty a while back. Pretty pretty accurate um yes vin diesel we still have the horny for disrespect stickers willie city froze his ass off uh yeah auburn was fucking freezing cold freezing cold um but all in all it was a really really fun weekend it could have gone south like like really 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 quickly if bama would have lost uh, all right let me let me start by saying this i'm sitting this to gordy right now um for those of you who don't know we decided we were going to go Try to maximize the the rest of the season and go to as many places and, as possible and and take in as much football as we can for the off season. So I went down to Auburn, Alabama, for the first time in my life. Um, real fun drive. It's like a two and a half hour drive. Turned that into four and a half hours. Not sure how. Um, and I could just tell it was going to be a a really great weekend right off the bat. We we got to the hotel and my um, very intelligent uh, double graduate from UGA. Um, super pretty girlfriend she booked the hotel for the not just the wrong night the wrong month and year she booked it for february of next year so not the best start uh but we went down to midnight yell that night also went to the game the next day um had a blast had a blast so thank you ben 
Uh, they would not let me in, by the way. They would not let me in while wearing this. They said it looked like I was there to cause trouble, and they weren't wrong. Um, and also, Midnight Yell was a huge letdown because it was only like five minutes. Like, I mean, by the time I got in to the actual event, uh, it, it started like, I guess, 10 minutes prior to that. It, it lasted like five minutes tops. Um, but I did meet Kip. We're basically best friends. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, Mickey, I did not. I was very hesitant to tell you about this. He, Mickey asked why my uh, road trips always take double the length of time they should. When I went to Baton Rouge last year, that was like an 11 hour trip for some reason. There's Gordy. Um, love the hat you're not wearing. What hat am I not wearing? What are you talking about? Um, hold on, let me bring Gordy in here. Anyway, let's get started. Hello, sir. Yo, what's up? Uh, that was a strong start. I already told everyone about the LSU game. We don't have to talk about it at all. We're going to have to act like it's not happening. Um, I actually wanted to hear more about uh, Cadillac Mania. I mean, it's like there are people really going to bat for him. Like, Cadillac better get this job. I'm like, whoa, whoa. He's one and one. He won one game against a bad A&M team. So I was going to close with that. And, and I mean, but we could we could start with it. Um, because I was just going to go over some of the, just like the, the ins and outs of the trips and say thanks to people. But... I tell you what, um, the weekend in general, right? Like I, I went down to Auburn. I've never been. Have you been to Jordan Hare? Yeah, it's a great. It's a great. Uh, I. It's probably been about a decade since I've been there, but great, uh, great SEC environment. Great, yeah. uh, great fans. Cool stadium. Great, the loud. Uh, you got the experience. It was pretty loud, at least watching on TV last night. I will say, like my expectations weren't super high because it's a three and sixteen going up against another three and sixteen. And as you know, as much as I we give A and M shit, uh, and obviously I give Auburn shit because it's it's a rival of ours. That those two fan bases were so genuinely nice and and like good hearted people. Um, shout out also to one of our listeners, Jax. I thought about this today. He must be like just either the thickest skin or the coolest dude ever because he hit me up in my DMs and, and said he had two tickets for me if I wanted. He works for like the the Twelfth Man organization. Super super nice. Great seats. Um, so I was like, yeah, like that's perfect. We'd love to go down there for that. And then I realized, I was like, man, if, he, if he's an A&M fan and he's consistently listens to the podcast, like that guy, is, he's like the fucking MVP of, of all of our listeners. Between me and Tyler, at least. Um, anyway, so we go down there. We went to go tailgate, all kind of shit. That's when the nightmare started, Gordy. We went to the tailgate and uh, Bama was immediately just right off the bat. They were down. And this is going to shock you, but nobody at the Auburn tailgate was going for uh, <laughs> was going for Bama. Um, yeah, let me tell you real quick. Like LSU fans, like all my buddies were so conflicted. Like they knew right. after LSU beat Arkansas, it was like, yeah, Bama wins, you win the SEC West. And I have friends who were like, it just feels dirty. I can't root for Alabama. Yeah. Like it was a weird, you know. But I'm like, look, it's what, it's what you got to do. I, one of my friends, I said, look, you don't have to root. Just let it happen. What happens, happens, you know? You can't say something like, like that. Yeah, it sounds if weird. Beat, if you beat A&M at the end of the year, you win no matter what. But, right. yeah, didn't that feel like that was Lane's best shot? And, like, it's just not going to happen. He's never going to beat Saban. I think there were so many gross overreactions from this game. It, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Um, and we'll get in, We'll get into that, too. I, I still got to tell you about just the debacle that, that ensued. I tried. So I was trying to print a fake pass to get on the field. Because one of my buddies from Twitter, Auburn Memes, he had a field pass. I was like, I could do this. So I'm, I'm in Canva, like working some magic um, while the end of the Arkansas game is happening. 
And we finally get to the tailgate. And so there's like six and a half minutes left in the Tennessee game. What the fuck was going on there? Were you watching this? Tennessee, you say? Yeah. Yeah, they, they put in Joe Milton and apparently like somebody at the committee was like, hey, style points matter, guys. If you hang 66 <laughs> on Mizzou, we're going to put you in that playoff. Just keep scoring, Hypel. Like, yeah, it was a little – I felt they a little icky. fucking timeouts. Yeah, I felt icky watching it. Well, if you felt icky, Gordy, if you felt icky, just imagine how I did rolling up to someone's tailgate, just like knowing full well that I was going to be being myself in public during a, a Bama game, a big Bama game, around all these Auburn fans. Um, and I was just like, why the fuck is this game not starting? So they finally started, and it – Bama's like losing right off the bat. Um, so it was just, and then, and then the satellite went out and the entire fucking, like the entire place, every single tent, the TVs went out. I, I didn't know if I was being punished or what, but anyway. Um, I, happened to, yeah. I, had friend, I had friends in Louisiana who were texting me. They said, did the, did the Ole Miss Bama game just go off for you? And I'm like, no, not for me, but apparently they all lost it too. So it must've been something regional where it, it went out, but you're right. Like doing the back to back, stupid C, you know early cbs game yeah. and then and like they should have cut away from that game much sooner than they did like they were like they're sticking like the with guys it's a blowout and tennessee's like calling timeouts and joe milton's throwing the football and they're like by the way we're gonna join uh alabama <laughs> Ole miss coming up in a few minutes like no go to that like what are you doing you're wasting everybody's time and then That's they're finally like with two minutes left they're like all right, well, uh, you can catch this game on the CBS Sports app. Like, only the most diehard of diehard Tennessee fans are going to go to the CBS Sports app and watch the conclusion. I Like, that's the best point you should have made, which, it, like, nothing to do with the time left, the score. It was fucking Tennessee and Missouri. <laughs> I, I just was blown away. So, anyway, but um, we we went to a couple tailgates. Everyone was, everyone was super nice. Um, went to, I'm trying to think, the... Uh, Went to the A&M tailgate to go meet up with Jax, uh, the listener, and um, all of them were super nice. Just the most clutch setup ever. Like, they not only had, like, I was eating pie with my hands, which felt weird. I don't think, I don't remember why either. I think I was just, like, in panic mode. But um, they had, like, a lifetime supply of hot hands because it was fucking freezing. Just freezing this uh, this weekend. Um, did you anyway. the reason, like, Moose Muhammad did not play in the game? Uh, we got to talk about this too, because I, so going into the stadium, I can, I can tell you firsthand, it was fucking cold. It was really, really cold. Um, the, the story came out afterwards, right? Like, like Jimbo wouldn't let him play. He's arguably one of, he's like the third best offensive player for them. They don't have anyone besides a chain and, and, and Stewart. So like, what the fuck happened? So, uh, Jimbo said after the game, it was an internal issue. He was dressed out. And everyone's like, wait, why isn't he playing? He's healthy, whatever. Moose put on his Instagram or something and then apparently deleted it right after. Basically said he was wearing sleeves. And that's against Jimbo's rules. Is he, doesn't wear, he doesn't allow players to wear sleeves. And so when he came out in sleeves, Jimbo was like, you're not playing. And didn't intentionally did not play. One, you're already hampered with your starting running back out. A true freshman quarterback in here, but because I'm a stickler for the rules, even though we're three and six, I'm a stickler for the rules. We're not playing one of our best offensive weapons because I know it's cold and freezing. I'm going to wear a sweatshirt, but you can't wear sleeves. Like, 
How stupid 1972 football perspective is this of Jimbo? First off, Jimbo isn't, he's not that guy. I don't know why he was trying to fucking tough talk anybody about sleeves. It's like the least important part of what was going on. First off, you had a quarterback go into that game and threw 13 consecutive incompletions. 13. <laughs> and you're worried about wearing sleeves. I, that is the dumbest shit ever. So I, I just assumed that it was like some weird misunderstanding, but it was not. Um, anyway, uh, I'm not going to tell you the person's names. I'm not allowed to. But shout out to one of our friends at 247 Sports who got me uh, in the recruiting part. Like of like getting Jordan hair. Like again, everyone was nice as shit. I felt like, I felt like I had to tell people I was a Bama fan, which I probably didn't probably was a lot of awkward conversation starters, but like everyone was so nice. I felt like guilty just for being me. So we, well, we think, get in good. Think of the mentality. Like it's, it's a three and six team versus a three and six team. And it's a sellout. Like everybody yeah. has rallied around Cadillac. You know, the season's going nowhere. You've already fired Harson. Like, there's no reason to be mean and like everyone's going there with an attitude of we don't give a shit what happens. <laughs> like, right. We hope we play well. We hope we play inspired football. Like that was the mentality going to that game last night. So it's not like it was, um, you know, like like if Auburn was eight and two and fighting for a playoff spot and SEC right. West position, yeah, everybody would have been talking shit and it would have been vile. But like, yeah, at this point of the season, man, you got nothing to lose. You're playing with house money. Just go out there and see if you can win a game. Well, and like all jokes aside, the thing about the Cadillac situation, it's really, really interesting because I, when they first announced it, I was like, that's really smart because you have him and Zach Etheridge on staff still, right? So what they can basically do is these are people that know the program, um, that it have, like they care about the program. And I think for a place like Auburn especially, that's really big. Um, and, and bring somebody in that is going to get invested into the family and Auburn and all their traditions, all that kind of shit. But with somebody like Cadillac – and Zach Etheridge and other people that are still on staff, you can hold the fort down there and 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 know that the program is in good hands. You'll you'll actually still probably increase your recruiting because of the fact that how bad Harson left it, and then you can go out and try to figure out who your next coach is going to be without having any sort of issues in in house. But the the amount of fans and the support and and like just how much they've rallied behind him, it was awesome. So. Coming into this game, like you said, it's they're both three and six teams. Um, A and M is my god. I mean, they are bad, bad. It, it was not. It was not great offensive football. I will say that. Um, if you were looking for like great quarterback play, that was not. That was not it. This was not the place. By the no. way, first A uh, and M first team that uh, signed the number one recruiting class to not have a winning season. Almost right, fucking impossible, Jimbo. Like, isn't that impossible? Like, you don't sign the number one class and finish worse than six and six. It just that, like, that doesn't happen. And so that, again, you just said how bad is this A and M team? There are four and five stars everywhere. Like, everywhere. It's almost impossible. Also, you know where the the highest concentration of them are on the fucking defensive line, right? So to give up over a hundred something yards, like rushing to to both. Uh, what do you call it? Jarquez Hunter and, and uh, Tank Bigsby. Right. I mean, it was like, also like the whole thing, it was almost like this weird, I mean, and Auburn fans were super wax poetic about the whole thing about, you know, like this was, this was like a big deal for a lot of people because like it, you know, Cadillac Williams is a, a favorite player in that program, probably like what top five, top 10, at least in the last 25 years or so. So it's a really cool opportunity for him. Um, 
at the same time, like it, it could not have been put up on a T better form because like you're playing a and you're playing at home. Like you said, they have all these freshmen everywhere, but they couldn't stop fucking anybody. And, and the fact that Carnell Williams, it wasn't like he was sticking it to Harson, but like, yeah, here's what you do with the only two good offensive players you have. First right. off, you don't ask them if they're going to wear sleeves to the game and then you hand them the fucking ball. Um, yeah. So it was, no, it's not, it's not, uh, but it was, it was really, it was a lot of fun, man. The environment was, was, it was really, really loud. It was a lot of fun. Um, we did the swag surf, both fan bases did, uh, one was wider than the other. I'll let you guess which one it was. Um, but yeah, that was, they had a, a good, you know, circa 2008 iTunes playlist going that whole post game. I mean, there was, I think I heard, um, you know, pop lock and drop it. I heard they played uh, a lot of pit bull swag surfing I, like three times. Um, yeah, they were really uh, they were really getting it going. But uh, shout out to Nicole Kublik. He he had a really good yeah. post game interview with uh, Cadillac. And again, Cole's a Auburn guy, so it felt a little bit more personal to him. And the fact they just kept the camera on him. And I saw people, somebody on Twitter even said they're like, "This right here is a is an example of we don't need to get back to the studio." Like, right. stay here, stay in the moment, get the fans all like nobody was leaving. Everybody was all the fans in the student section were still in the stands. And yeah. it was an awesome, awesome moment. But that's what I was kind of trying to hint at earlier is like, OK, do we recognize this oh, as yeah. what it was? And just that was a great, outstanding moment. Right. Or should Auburn take something out of this and say, look, we got to at least consider Cadillac because could we get this done if we if we take all this money that we have? By the way, we're still pay, paying all these buyouts. Right. We take all this money that we have and go hire two of the best coordinators in the country. We hire stud o, OC yeah. and DC, and we make Cadillac the figurehead. You know he's going to recruit his ass off for you. You know, yeah. like, this team didn't quit. They rallied around him, and they've played hard for him. And it's a little parallel. It's not exactly a good parallel because Ogeron was a head yes, coach. No, before. it is. It's perfect. But it feels perfect. like that in 2016. He was the interim coach, and everybody rallied around him. And all the rumors of Jimbo and Tom Herman and this and that, at the end of the day, they went with Ed Ogeron. And a lot of people said, well, if anything, we know he'll recruit, but he's got to hit on his coordinators. And say what you want, it ended in disaster, but they won a national championship and had the greatest college football season ever in 2019. I I was preaching this entire thing on on Saturday night. I was like, it's the same thing. Because the first thing he did was give, give money to Aranda, give money to the coordinators, and again, I, we know how it ended, but he's the guy that went out and got Joe Burrow and the guy that got Joe Brady as well. I think there's a possibility. Like I, and I don't want to get too into like whether they should get him, like whether they should offer him the job or not, because I don't think they're going to. At the same time, um, it was such a cool moment to see him. And, and, and you talk about the, the Cole Kublik thing. So we got on the field. We got a pass. We did, we're supposed to be on there and then like up until kickoff. And then we were supposed to go to our seats. But I didn't. But so we're like, we're coming out of the tunnel and Cole is, I'd look over and Cole is trying like holding the mic in, in Cadillac's face as they're coming onto the field, doing like the old school, like Tuberville walk. And I'm like, what in the fuck is he doing right now? Um, so, so we were just like right on top of everything. And I, and I, I you know, I had a, some drinks at the tailgate. So by the time I got on the field, I was like, where is Cole? Um, Cause I was trying to meet up and say, Hey to him and Tom and them. And so my buddy means because he's right over there. It's like and across the field. Like, and I was like, do I just go across? Like, can I go onto the field? He's like, no, you need to go around behind the end right. zone. I was like, no. So I just sprint across the field and just start like 
queen waving to Tom Hart. And he's like, Jesus Christ, what, what are you doing here? Um, anyway, uh, I will tell you this, the, the coaching thing, and, and it was an incredible win from Auburn. It was, it was great. They, they held on late. There was just, I mean, it had everything all, that Auburn football is like just built on. You had a targeting call uh, late in the game uh, that was overturned, just like smoke Monday. We're going to call it smoke Tuesday since since the other one already, uh, what do you call it? Graduated. Um, you had terrible quarterback play. You had great running back play. The crowd was into it. Um, but I will say this: there was a there was a lot of chatter about the the coaching situation, and there was one thing that kept coming up, and I thought it was bullshit, and it actually has legs to it. You want to hear the craziest rumor that apparently is very accurate uh, about the Auburn head coaching job? I, I, lo- I love good coaching rumors. Yes. Dabo Swinney has reached out to Auburn about being potentially interested in that position, in that job. And when you think about it, there might not be a more perfect fit for a somewhat culty, somewhat religious based cult like Auburn. I mean that like, it's not crazy because it feels like, like the running side of Clemson has run its course, right? Like it feels Mm -hmm. like, if he if he left tomorrow, I doubt there were, like everybody at Clemson would be like, no, don't go. Like they would probably be like, ah, okay, probably time to yeah. move on. LSU was like they threw it out there a year ago that like he was one of the early names, and I think he was pretty quick. They were pretty quick to come on and go. No, you know Dabo's off off, like he's not interested or whatever. But like his name did yeah. come up in the LSU search a year ago, and so it you know when we heard that it was like all right, well how much longer does he want to do this? And of course all the NIL stuff which. You right. know, he's at least made it known. Oh, I'm I'm against this and all this. But if he goes in, like if he comes and looks, this is where college football is heading. Auburn's already got the NIL collectives ready and going. Yeah. Like, oh, they are. And all the talk of he would not want to be the guy to follow Saban in Alabama because that's what everybody has said for years. Oh, right. perfect transition. Dabo could just come follow Saban in Alabama. What perfect way to go the other way and go yeah. to their rival? And try to beat them at Auburn. It's not the craziest thing I've heard. No, I mean, honestly, like, and, and the thing, it's, it's so weird and bizarre to kind of watch this whole thing unfold because Auburn fans are all in on this thing, man. Like, they are, they are, they are back invested. They got the NIL stuff going, like the, the collective. They, they unveiled their new, uh, you know, football facilities. There's over 5,000 people waiting in line. It's also basketball season for them, which is huge, apparently. Um, they just like seamless transition like from the like mediocrity that is their football team into an actual sport they're good at. But they did all this to themselves with like the boosters and, and the things with Harson. And let's not forget, like it wasn't that long ago. They were like, that's my coach. I stand with Harson. Um, Nobody was really standing with Harson. Like no, five, but they, five people said that, but like it, either way, they, they talked themselves into that. And now, you're looking at it, and they are they are reinvested back in the program. They're fired up again after they did after they, they tore down their own expectations. So that's anyway. the tough part, though. I mean, at the end of the day, who's going to make the who's going to make the, the decision? It's the big money makers, right? The big money makers. They like Cadillac. It's a fun story, but they want to go get the biggest name out there. I mean, that's you know that's oh. what. Next, Lane Kiffin just tweeted something about. Kristen Saban. Oh, what do you say? There's a story on Outkick. It says Nick Saban's daughter issues warning to Bama fans on perspective, and Lane Kiffin just retweeted it. 
Why is he doing right. that? I've seen he I he's, don't he's been tweet like retweeting stories about him and about the SEC and stuff. I don't what is he trying to do? I know he's the biggest troll out there, but what point is he trying to make? I don't know, but I'm uncomfortable even seeing that title. I'll say that. Um, let's get into that game, by the way. Move on from the Auburn Auburn A&M game. We'll get into that more later after after the um, Gordy is gone. Um, that sounded weird, like super ominous. But did you get a chance to get in front of a TV and watch uh, the game that was stolen from Ole Miss this weekend? Alabama goes into Oxford as a 12 and a half point favorite, which was free money, by the way. We said that all week, free money. Um, and did what they have been doing. Uh, it seems like over the past two years for like the, the first quarter, at least, and maybe the first half, found themselves down in a double digit uh, hole, down 10-0. Bill O'Brien was just fucking in his bag too, man. When I say in his bag, I mean doing anything he could to just – ruin my blood pressure and my fucking Saturday. Uh, what were your main thoughts, like, in, in initial takeaways before going into the second half? Like, the first half alone, what'd you, what did you think? I thought first drive, Kiffin didn't learn anything from last year. Dude. At all. Take points. I know, like, there, there's usually this mantra with, with Alabama outside of this year where you never want to settle for field goals. Right. They're going to score touchdowns, and, if, and Bama will trade field goals for touchdowns all day. And yeah. that's like, I get it. This is a different year for Bama. This is not a Bama team that's just putting foot on the gas pedal with the offense and scored 50 points a game. They can't, yeah. I thought that was that was a huge misstep on his point. Fourth and two from the 12, and they turn it over on downs. Right, I'm like, dude, take the points. It is the first drive of the game. Take right. points. Take a lead. Um if they if they kick a field goal there, this game might be might have played out differently, you know, just from from how Bama manages and all that. Um, I thought it was very strange that Jameer Gibbs, we saw so little of him, and that they relied so much on Jace McClellan in the run. I game. mean, that gave me that made me happy and also confused at the same time, just because it was nice to see more people involved than just Bryce Young. Because for the first half, it was it was the same old shit. It was at one point you had the first twenty two plays of the game, you had eighteen passes and only four runs, and and it it just speaks back into like all right, you have Jameer Gibbs and you have the like a, like running backs that are have the third highest yards per carry out of any team in the country, and we are somehow ranked eighty eighth in terms of rushing attempts per game. Um, early on, especially like just, it didn't look like it was anybody's fault. Like it wasn't Bryce's fault that he couldn't, you know, like find receivers. It wasn't like receivers not getting separation. The offensive line was just getting fucking just blown by the entire first, first quarter, first half. And at one point you're looking at the, the stats. And I think Ole Miss had over 150 yards of offense in, in, in the first quarter alone. And Bama had like 20, 22. And it looked real, real bad, real early. Um, they weathered the storm a little bit, and it like it became a really good game. I thought it was. Yeah, the Zach Evans seems- fumble is what changed everything. If, if if Ole Miss can go into that half up ten points, right? I don't know if Bama. Like I think they, you know, I, it would have been more difficult. Is what I'm saying. Like Bama getting that fumble and then scoring the touchdown, make it seventeen fourteen at half, gave them life, and they're yeah. like, oh, right in this. If they go in the half down double digits, and let's say Ole Miss even gets, let's say they go down the field and score a touchdown on that drive. I mean, it, you know, the whole game. Which is not out of question. Field. Yeah. I mean, and you look at it too, like I think their their first six possessions, they had three punts, a turnover on downs. They went for the worst fucking fourth and one play call I think I've ever seen. It was 
I, I was so confused. Um, turnover and downs, like I said, you had a fumble, uh, and then you had you did that one touchdown. So early on, you you see a different side of Bryce Young that we have not seen before, except for in that Dr. Pepper commercial when he was like cucking that uh stepbrother of his. And he starts lighting into the team on the sideline, right? Um, and Saban joined him, which was yeah. it was very it, it was just nice to see some fucking signs of life and and like fight from this team. But again, you're going into the half, and like you said, like this could have easily gotten away from like the the biggest thing for me was the third down conversions was they could not get off the field. They absolutely could not get off the field. At one point, you had. Uh, you had Ole Miss was seven of 11 on third downs. I think Bama was like maybe one of eight or something. It was just, it was the entire game was one-sided and, and it wasn't even just like the run game. Quinjon Judkins is incredible, but it wasn't even just the run game from Kiffin. Kiffin was doing it on through the air, like, like put a lot of faith in Jackson Dart, which I think came back to bite him. Um, but you end up getting to the half down three, like you said, 17, 14. And that is the only thing that kept Bama in this game. Because, like, going into the second half, there's one thing that's been consistent with Lane Kiffin, besides him being a dickhead on Twitter, is he they have fallen off, like, at, at times in the second half. They just disappear. And that's exactly what happened. They, they came out, and, you know, I think Bama started, like, they had the ball first, they kicked the field goal. And, and Ole Miss continued, like, like you know, kind of did what we thought they might, might continue to do. If they did. Hey, that's the worst fucking sentence ever. What am I saying? They responded with a touchdown, take the lead. And you're right. like, okay, they're not going to go away. And then they went right. away. <laughs> they, so, and like, but, but the drives, especially, it wasn't like, it wasn't like these Kiffin drives in the past. We saw with Matt Corral, like, you know, four plays, 80 yards, like 50 seconds, like any kind of shit like that. It was 10, 14, 15 plays. They, they respond. Like you said, they go up 24, 17 and you're halfway through the third quarter. So you, you are 22 minutes from, from victory and you're up seven. You're in control of this game. And from that point forward, they had four more possessions. You had two punts, and, and there were both three and outs that you had a combined negative six yards on, and you had two turnover on downs. And it just – it did look like the moment might have been a little bit too big, not only for Jackson Dart, but for Lane Kiffin again. Well, we've been talking about it, you know, the, the Alabama defense, you know, and, and kind of like who's going to step up. I thought Terry and Arnold, he had some good plays, but, man, he had some bad plays, just not covering yeah. guys well and all that. But the dude to me that put himself on the map and I think absolutely improved his draft stock with just this one game, we'll see what he does in the next two. But Byron Young was a dude. Byron Young had his best game in an Alabama uniform. And Without a doubt. And I don't know where they would have been without him. I mean, he was he was outstanding and, and clogging up that lane, slowing down, you know, starting to shut down the run, uh, getting pressure on Jackson Dart. And, and it was a diff, it felt like a different Alabama defense in the second half. Well, so it was. That's a good point, because we found out last week that Pete Golding was fucking playing around with numbers. And, and I don't know what he was trying to do, but at the LSU game, he wasn't putting like multiple defensive, like actual defensive linemen on the field at the same time, like whether it was like the cheetah package where you have like all those edge rushers, you, you had several drives, like not just plays, but drives where there would not have been more than one true defensive lineman on the field at the time. And like some were calling it like a one, six, four, which is a bold move. That's a bold strategy. Um, So he, yeah, Byron young, Dallas Turner, uh, both of them, I thought had really, really good games stepped up. Um, Dallas Turner yeah. tried, to, tried to take a souvenir with him home. Jackson Dart's head. People got really upset about that. 
there, there, there were multiple people that were like, he should have, he should be suspended for the rest of the year. I was like, have you fucking watched football before? Like, I don't like, <laughs> I just, it was anyway, that's like, that's the part I want to get into a little bit too, because it was a great game. I thought Ole Miss is still a, a really good football team and, and they did have a lot of opportunities to win that game. But what I saw afterwards, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. You can tell me if I'm off base, even from our own website. My former co-host wrote an article that was just, it seemed so negative in nature, like that this was not a, a Bama win. This was either Kiffin blew it, the refs made some horrible calls. Um, I mean, Dallas sort of definitely should have gotten flagged for pushing uh, Jackson Dart's head into the ground. But his name's Jackson with an X, so he kind of deserved it. Um, but like, this game wasn't given to Bama with like the refs. This game was not like, like, I guess what I was very surprised by was that we're finally at a point where Alabama's not even the, the they're not the best team in the conference. They might even be the top three uh, best teams in the conference. Like they have been passed by Georgia, maybe Tennessee, LSU looks great. But the fact that like, I think the assessments and like people's ability to objectively, uh, I guess, evaluate them. Or, or, or talk about them is, is gone gotten even worse because I, yeah. that whole point go ahead well, let's talk reality Alabama yeah. Alabama is two plays away from being undefeated right now right if they make if they make their damn field goal in Knoxville and don't miss it and, and let Tennessee go down and answer and kick their game winner um they win that one and if they if the LSU was it Mason Taylor tight end catches the ball or, or fought, bobbles it or whatever in the two-point conversion and drops it Alabama's undefeated. It is that close. There are two plays away from, and it's not even crazy scenarios. It's not like, well, they throw an 80 no. yard on their undefeated. No. They were on the last play of the game for both against Will, top six teams on the road. A Will Riker um, field goal and a, and a two point conversion in Baton Rouge. They are undefeated right now. They're, we're talking about an Alabama Georgia SEC championship game. It's so funny how. You know, like I always go with Vegas. Vegas knows. Like Vegas, they yeah. are they're unbiased. They don't root for anybody. They just set lines. Like somebody told me, that, I, I don't know if the official lines are out. Tell me if you've seen one for LSU Georgia in the SEC championship. Eleven and a half. I'm here. Yeah, like it's a two two touchdown or or two score underdog. Somebody told me if it was Alabama versus if Alabama was undefeated right now, like Alabama would be a slight favorite against Georgia right now. If they're playing the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, that makes no sense. It's crazy because we know how good they are. And so, yeah, and, and look, I know they've played – we're not used to Bama playing close games. Let's just put it honest, right? I mean, right. like, they, they've played close games this year. The Texas game, yeah, you can make a case. They, they maybe could have lost that one. But, I, again, just like that, I can make a case that they're undefeated right now. So, I say all that to say this is still a really good Alabama team. We'll see how much Auburn shows up you know, the Auburn faithful and the Auburn football team shows up in the Iron Bowl, but it feels like Bama's going to route Austin P and probably win big in the Iron Bowl. We'll see. And then whoever they, God forbid, whoever they get in the bowl game, they're going to smash. So, yeah, I mean, I just, Alabama's not dead. I would disagree with, with part of what you're saying. I think Willie Gray brought up a good point here, like that as well. And being obje objective, even as, even as a Bama fan, they are two plays away from from being undefeated. They're also two plays away from being six and four. And I, I don't think they're a very good team in terms of where they've been in the past. But like, like they're they are not an elite team. They are not good enough to compete like for like the the cultural playoff. And that's that's fine. Um, I don't think they're a bad team. 
I don't think they're a trash team. I don't think that they like are like a facade or anything like that. Like one stat that continuously gets brought up, uh, like Connor uh, brings it up, is that this is like the 11th game out of their last 15 SEC games where they've they've had a one score uh, difference going into the fourth quarter. But but like you know like the the next part of that stat is they win fucking games. Right. <laughs> like if you're looking at regular season games and you throw that out there. You have three losses in the regular season combined uh, by seven points, right? I think that Georgia is the best program in the SEC. I think Tennessee is is potentially very, very scary. It was good to see Florida get uh, get on the right track the other day. Um, I don't know if Lane leaves or not. Like, I just I will say that it was it was nice, like in the moment, that like this underachieving Bama team finally achieved something and they won. And 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 the best part of that whole thing was like. Like people talk about this earlier. If, if 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 Kiffin would have won, it might have solidified his reason to leave to go to Auburn even more because the ceiling that would have been over his head at eleven and one. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a good like outside the game plan on that last drive. But again, they didn't. They didn't. They were not gifted that game. They were not like. It's not a foregone conclusion, yeah. but like. No, yeah. they, played light, they played lights out in the second half and, and, and won the game when they need to. I, I'd be curious if you know any sports uh, bookie, you know, like uh, odds makers out there. Ask them right now, Bama versus every other team in the SEC on a neutral field, what the line would be. I think Bama versus Tennessee right now on a neutral field, Bama's still favored. I think Bama. Um, but, but they don't win that game, though. I'm just telling Vegas would have them as a as a slight favorite. I guarantee you on a neutral field right now against Tennessee. Well, Vegas had Hillary favored by like you know like oh. 600 going on the last day of the election. Anyway, no, I, I still don't think they're they're not good enough to to compete at at the level even with like LSU. I think LSU is like a, a no, they, different. They would beat LSU on a neutral field right now. Like it, Bryce, that, yeah. we're neglecting Bryce Young is doing this without us without an alpha, without an A stud receiver. Now I'll give you this, Cameron yeah. Cameron Latu is like. That dude is turning out to be an absolute stud. Like, good lord, just get him the ball in space and watch him run over dudes. Um, but no, like I, I think what will be intriguing to me. Like, I think Bama's going to win these next two. I think they're going to route whatever uh, right. shitty twelve team they play in, in in a Florida bowl game, and they're going to go what eleven and two. It's going to be a down year. Every, yeah. every other school would would beg for that. But like, who? My big thing is, what does this team look like next year? Is it? Yeah, I'm excited for that. At quarterback, how many guys leave? You know that I that may be a team where Saban looks at and goes, "You know what? Retirement may not be such a bad idea because he's going to lose. He's going to lose a lot." Yeah, I agree with that. Let's talk about. Um, let's move on to uh, the team that LSU will be playing in the SEC championship, and we'll, we'll obviously get into LSU and Arkansas. Or do you want to start with LSU Arkansas? Because there was not much really to talk about in this game. It was. It was. I guess like. Yeah, seamless transition off of what you just said about Vegas. Like this, there's not a better example of Vegas always knows than this game. It was a three point line. It was it, it was like the weirdest line all week. It made no sense. And then you get like right before kickoff, and they announced that that KJ Jefferson is not starting. And the line like moves like a two points or so. Nothing crazy. Um, this game was ugly, man. Ugly. It was. It was. It, when I saw it was snowing early in the morning in Fayetteville, I just kept saying like, like LSU is going to come out stiff they're gonna come out and, and like not know what hit them and then they tend to you know in years past at the week after the Alabama game they always come out kind of flat because you gave right. your all for an emotional win or loss the week prior and 
Um, I got to like give Arkansas's defense credit, man. The, yeah. that defensive line played their butts off. Jordan Dominic, I think his name. Like, six sacks in the first quarter and a half. They were they were getting after it. But what we saw from Jaden Daniels on the LSU side was we saw a throwback to hesitant Jaden Daniels. We saw jet fly and letting it hang all hang out Jaden Daniels against Bama, against Ole Miss, right. down in the swamp against Florida. We saw Jaden Daniels from the first few weeks of the season in this one where he's just he's hesitant. He's holding, ah, I don't I can't throw right. it. Like, cut, like, Nobody dude, was open. Let it go. Yeah. But like and, and again, you know, they did a great Dwight McLaughlin, I thought, did a fantastic job covering for, for Arkansas. But like this is still one of the worst pass it's the worst in, in the country. LSU let it fly, Jaden. Like that's yeah. what was crazy. But I think they looked at it and said, Look, our defense is getting after it. Malik Horns ain't doing shit against us. Right. Let's just keep this one close. And they even had the two turnovers early, you know, the, the interception and the fumble. And right. they still were, were right there in this game. So, yeah, it was ugly. But, look, LSU did exactly what they needed to do. And a star has been born in recent weeks. Harold Perkins, Jr. If you didn't know who number 40 was for LSU, uh, Jackson Dart and Ole Miss know who he is now. Bryce Young in Alabama know who he is now. And he just completely was a force on, on, on Cade Fortin and Malik Hornsby. And the crazy thing is this kid's a true freshman. Like, what the hell is he going to look like two years from now at LSU? So he's already I, got an NIL deal. LSU needs to give him all the NIL deals and keep him yeah. there. But what an absolute stud. And then we finally had the flu after. Like, dude literally yeah. had the greatest single game for an LSU defensive player, and he had the flu. He had eight tackles, four sacks, uh, I think like a forced fumble, whatever. I, and I, I'm, I thought about this. Two on, forced fumbles on... and, a, and a third one that was overturned and called an incomplete pass. But two that – We're not going to get into any of the overturned calls. Deep. The overturn call that that fucking spot that they got at the very end of the game. I was losing my mind in like the Auburn yeah. Student Center trying to make that that forge pass. But I, I see William Gray in the comments, and I thought about this on Saturday, and I almost texted him this too. Harold Perkins might be who Will Anderson thinks he is. Like he he's just he was incredible. He was incredible to watch, and it's it's hard for like a linebacker to like take over. I feel like in this day and age, um, but he I mean he has each week so. Um, Great win from LSU. And also, like, the they didn't look great. But that's partially because Arkansas tried to sabotage the field and the maintenance before the game. I'm not sure if you know this. If you guys missed this, um, I, I don't really ever speak on, like, whether or not Arkansas is, like, a dumb university. Or, like, not, I don't feel like they're, like, a Mississippi State or, like, a, you know, what's a better example here? Florida State, maybe. I don't want to insult yeah. anybody here. Or Bama. Just say Bama. Just, like, a dumb school. Never even... Crossed my mind. Great fans, a lot of good sports. It snowed on, on Saturday morning, and the field was frozen. And to get rid of that, someone decided to put water on the frozen field because they right. thought that would help. I don't – have you never seen a fucking Home Alone? Like, I don't – what are we doing here? <laughs> they also had their athletic – Hunter Juracek, their AD, was out there, like, helping. I'm like, they don't have people that can help, like – they need the AD out there with the shovel. I don't. It, anyway, it was very bizarre. Uh, the team LSU will be playing this weekend is, or I'm sorry, a couple weeks is Georgia. And before we talk about Georgia, we're going to talk about who they're playing this week and the delightful, delightful mess that happened in in fucking in Kentucky at Kroger Field. Vanderbilt, Clark Lee, the human penis, got his first win against an SEC team 
this weekend as they beat uh they beat Kentucky. Will Levis, by the way, I don't know how much higher he can go in Mel Kuyper's uh, big board, but he had zero touchdowns. Um, I think he had another interception and not great. Sacked, I think, four times. This is Vandy we're talking about. And uh, look, and a I linebacker love, named Orgy. I love Mark Stoops. And by the way, his name surfaced in, in the LSU coaching search a year ago. I'm seeing right. it again surface like, like maybe he can go to Auburn. Like, look, I love what Stoops has done 10 wins a year ago. But man, you got it. He's got to take some heat for what for this year. You had Will Levis, who people were projecting as a first round pick. You you got Chris Rodriguez back after a couple of games, who was the SEC right. leading rusher a year ago, and you had a couple pieces back on this defense. I know they've had some injuries, but like, dude, it shouldn't be this bad. You should never. No, it should. Like, and they were well, ranked. Maybe, yeah, they were ranked. Like you, you can't. They should have never been ranked. They should have never been ranked, Gordy. Here's the thing: you, you, like all the like the the people you brought up, Will Levis. You get the transfer receiver. You get Chris Rodriguez. That's all fine and good. You know who they didn't have coming back was anybody from that offensive line. It, like, I mean, and they also they had to replace the offensive coordinator. And like, and and you know, Kentucky, it's a great story, but I thought he overachieved last year with Will Levis. And, and you look at all the numbers coming back, like Will Levis is, you know, he is a really good combine like pro day quarterback. He's gonna look great in shorts and a t-shirt. He's just like me. And he'll wow you in all the interviews. I mean, he's he's yeah. awesome. Like, if you interview him, he will charm you to death. He's awesome. But, dude, how many games this year has he had, like, where he's had, like, 120 yards or less? And you're like, what? Like, this guy's going to be a first-round pick? What are we doing? And he was supposed to be the one that carried them until Rodriguez got back. It's it's not good. It's going to get way worse this weekend when uh, when they come when Georgia comes to town. Um, Georgia is rolling. It's just, I mean, so early in this game um, – you know, kind of a, a slow start, I guess. Like, Starkville's hard to go, like, I feel like it's hard to get out of Starkville, like, with your sanity and or um, both legs intact. Just speaking from, like, Bama's quarterback situation every time they go there. But Georgia, Stetson Bennett took someone's soul on the goal line once again. It wasn't, it looked nothing like that, Gordy. <laughs> um, Seven rushing touchdowns for him, by the way. Who had that before the season? Uh, yeah, I, I, they like they did every on offense. They they did whatever they wanted to the entire game. Um, and I, I thought it was really, really impressive because there's a situation where they could have slept walk a little bit and and like, you know, kind of mailed it in after the, the big win against Tennessee and said they just kept doing what they've been doing. And that's fucking dominating people, especially on the road. Kirby has only four losses since he's been the head coach at Georgia against conference teams on the road. They've all been SEC West teams. That was not going to happen this weekend. Yeah, it's like preparing for a, a dominant Big Ten lacrosse squad when you look on paper and go Stetson, Brock, and Lad, and they're all and they're all ridiculous, and they all killed Lad McConkey. Like he's got breakaway speed, seventy yards receiving, a seventy yard run. Um, Brock Bowers, like we didn't barely even talked about him in this one, but like, dude, Stetson, like Kyrus Jackson, to me, yes, had a couple huge. just physical moment, and I'm like, God, like they're. They are out physicaling Mississippi State. Like they're just like they just looked at him and went, get off me, little boy. I'm better than mm -hmm. you. Like, that's what Georgia was doing. And it's scary because like as like you said, I mean, Mississippi State, it was close at the half. And the second half, Georgia's like, We're done with you. See ya. Will right. Rogers, no, no chance to do anything. And Georgia just steamrolled them. 
They so they they came out and and like like the punt return right before the half to cut it to like five, right? Um, so the score looks somewhat close, but I think they scored within thirty seconds coming out of of uh out of the halftime, um, and that's just something like that has become. I think we become accustomed to seeing from like Georgia because I do think Kirby is the best coach in the country right now, and and like the halftime adjustments they're making, they are able to. I feel like toy and play with their opponents and do whatever they want and, and like, and then flip the switch more than any other team in the country. And I know what happened against Mizzou early in the season, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, what they did a week ago to Tennessee, what they did yesterday, because they can do it. Like you saw Tennessee, the story was defense. Now you go to Mississippi state who doesn't have a bad defense and you've got the fucking three musketeers out here. Uh, like somehow it just, it was, I mean, I haven't seen uh, three white kids get that that much success out of nowhere since like Hanson, and you love to see it. You love to see it. Or three ninjas. Uh, oh yeah, Jalen Carter. By the way, back to back games with sacks. Like, oh, he's healthy now. Like, <laughs> and they're still not even healthy. <laughs> right, but like, it's you terrifying. Know, like, he's a force, and you know, like that, that, that's just what's crazy. Is you know that. This team, we talk about like how good Georgia's team was last year. Right. That team did not go undefeated. This team has a chance to. This team could run the table, go wire to wire, and win a national championship. And I mean, literally, we'll be talking like the get ready for the articles written about the transition of power from Saban to Kirby. Kirby now runs the SEC if that happens. Well, the thing, well, first off, they can already start writing those articles because that's accurate and that's what's happening right now. So, I mean, I, 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 and I fully believe that. I think that, I think that it's, it's, and it's really impressive to watch. So, um, great win from Georgia. It was, uh, it kind of just what, like what we expect to see every Saturday now. Um, going around the rest of the league, there was the game in Tennessee. And, and this was something I was definitely hoping for under my breath, uh, which was them not being able to get up off the mat after the disappointing loss against Georgia, right? Um, I assumed they were going to blow up Mizzou because it's senior day, Hendon Hooker um, finally graduating at the age of 38. And like you had a, a Mizzou team that has a good defense, but is pretty inept on offense. So a perfect scenario and perfect situation for, for uh, in my opinion, not only Tennessee to get back on track because they, they're going to finish the season 11 and one, but get Hendon Hooker to New York and potentially get him a Heisman trophy because you know, he was held out of the end zone against Georgia. Now you come up and you have the last three games against Mizzou, South Carolina, and Vandy. I mean, have a field day. And they fucking did. They, they put up more yards uh, against Mizzou than I think Mizzou had ever allowed in the history of that program. And um, SEC Nation is going to that game this weekend, by the way. Tennessee at South Carolina. I don't know right. why. That's what I said. Maybe they think Sandstorm is the kryptonite to Hendon Hooker. And that'll slow it's them not. Down. Uh, but but you make a great point. Like we're talking about Heisman, you know, like people are like CJ Stroud, I think is the favorite right now. But like there are really are no other good perform like Hendon Hooker still 2,800 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, just the two interceptions, mm -hmm. has 400 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns, and he leads the SEC in completion percentage at quarterback rating. And he didn't have Cedric Tillman out there again this week. So like yeah, I take that in the into you know perspective. And yes, did they shit the bed of Georgia? Yes. But to me, the complete season totalitarian as a whole, Hendon Hooker deserves to be in New York. Also, it, it, it could be both things. It's like I was saying earlier about like Bama. Like we like you can 
you can say Bama's not as good. You could also acknowledge like the schedule. You could say that that Tennessee. I, I wouldn't say they shit the bed. I think they they got beat by a much better team, and they're still like young in this whole process coming up in year two of Heupel. Um, now you know, like I don't know what that looks like in a rematch, or whatever, but. Tennessee still has every single thing in front of them, um, including Joe Milton's career, because he somehow still has eligibility. He's going to be back next year. His hey. fucking Uncle Rico was <laughs> in. Oh, my God. He was at it on, on had, Saturday. He had touch this week. So let's see. Maybe he's learning something. A little touch on the passes. I mean, if you listen to Tennessee fans, which I try to never do, uh, they have been very, very vocal about how great he's looked in practice. Um, anyway, so. I thought it was really impressive. And, and again, Jalen Hyatt doing Jalen Hyatt things. Uh, the defense looked, I guess, okay. There was a couple of busts early in the game, but they pulled away. You know, it's like a 40-point win or something like that. 66 points, and you just feel like they could put up even more every single time they hit the field. Um, another team that uh, got embarrassed in the SEC East, South Carolina. It wasn't that long ago that South Carolina was talking about the possibilities of, of – getting to Tennessee and Clemson as like on a five to six game win streak. Yeah. I had it on, you know, I have the multi TV set up. I had that game on one of my TVs. I literally left the room, came back and they were down 21, nothing like I, that's how quick that happened. Florida's run game. They ran all over them, but Shane Beamer, dude, like we, like he has a chance if, if they lose these last couple games and they probably will against Tennessee and Clemson, he's going to go six, six and six. Think of the difference last year. He goes six and six. Everybody's singing his praises. Right. They're like, oh my God, the sky is the limit with Shane Beamer. If he goes 66 this year, they're going to be like, yeah, that's not great, dude. And, and like, what bowl game's going to want this team having lost like all these games down the stretch with their one win against Vandy? Like, no one's going to, like, this isn't going to be a very sexy team. Well, there, I mean, there's nothing about this team that's sexy at all and hasn't been since Will Muschamp was the head coach. Um, but I will say, like, I, I was saying this all off season and it's not even, it's not Beamer's fault. Like expectations are a great thing. It's like, you know, pressure is a privilege at the same time. It's very similar to the Arkansas situation where you have to manage and like some expectations because that schedule, no matter where you are, like as a programmer and who you have coming back is very, very difficult to get. It's, it's difficult every year, but like with South Carolina, you like, you are always going to look at that schedule before the season. You're going to see Clemson and you're going to see Georgia. And that's a fucking nightmare because you're going to drop when we expand, you know, when we get Texas and Oklahoma and they redo everything, they got to drop the Clemson game. Like, that's just there's no way I know. But like, you're going to you're going to put yourself in a in a bind when like, you know, you're five and six and you need that one win to get to a bowl game. And it's Clemson. And you're like, well, shit, we're, we have no chance. Like you're going to you're making it harder on yourself, keeping that rivalry going. Well, I mean, the rivalry's been around for um, over a hundred years. So I don't know. I know, but I'm just saying, like, but if you're gonna if you're gonna add Texas and Oklahoma to the fucking schedule, I can't play. Clemson yeah, too. like, come on. I mean, it, I will say that, like, the the story here we we spent most of the time talking about South Carolina, but the story here was like how great of a job Billy Napier and and Florida did at like getting back up, ending the, like the the home schedule on a good note. Um, you know, like, and this is, there's been times this season where like the, the potential has flashed so much. I feel like it's like, like all my middle school teachers, you say to me, like, there's so much potential, but with Florida, they're like, there really is. And Anthony Richardson, like you see it at times, they can be very, very good. They just have not been able to put all that together consistently at any point during the season. 
Um, it almost feels like it's just been bookended the season. Like you had Utah that win and you beat South Carolina. Uh, I'm excited to see what that Florida state game looks like. Cause yeah, that, it's a big that rivalry being relevant is always better for the sport. Um, so look at where they are right now. They're six and four. You go to Vandy and at Florida state, you win these next two. If Napier goes eight and four in year one, every Gator fans ex- like you're excited for that. You're like, hell yeah. yeah. And one other thing we, we didn't talk about, th- this was Florida's last home game this past week. Mm-hmm. Was that the last game of Anthony Richardson in the swamp? There's, a, there's no chance. Like, he should come back, right? So I don't think he's going to have the option to not come back. Also, it was announced that he has signed over a million dollars in NIL deals. So it's not like he's going to be hurting for money. Um, and that's another thing, too, with like the NIL stuff that we don't talk about enough, like where you aren't going to see as many kids like make the leap early just because of like like from a financial standpoint like the ability to be able to like make some actual money while they're in school there's no reason for him to go pro unless you just don't want to go to class i mean like well, there's still some websites projecting him as a back end of the first round like if that's God, jesus christ you gotta go right like the nfl doesn't draft on they draft on potential i don't i don't know what could be on tape for anthony richardson that anyone would spend a first round pick on him but also will levis anyway we'll get into that some other time but florida looks good they also had a big week uh getting a flip um for a future quarterback from miami um it's too early for me to start talking about recruiting at all it's just i i can't get into it yet because there's still part of the season left um but yeah if napier goes eight and four and it's kind of funny it just shows you how fickle sec fans are and how dumb we all are because the sky was falling on brian kelly after the florida state game the sky was falling on you know like i feel like at least one other coach in the off uh, or this season. Mike Leach is apparently on the hot seat now. Harson already got fired. Everyone's talking about how Napier, like he's not the guy. I mean, it's year one. These are big boy programs that are playing big boy teams almost every weekend. So give it some time. And you know, if he finishes eight and four, which that's a tough, that's a tough ask because Florida State is better than people think. But man, that that would be huge for him. Well, and think of the other coach, you know, coming in this year, the two coaches that were in the hot seat were Harson and Drinkwitz, and Drinkwitz gets a contract extension and a raise, and then he has a historic loss to Tennessee. But uh, yeah. like, that's as crazy as, like, I don't think, and you mentioned Leach, I still don't think they're going to do it. He's 6-4. and four. I mean, he's got a chance to finish 8-4. and four. So, like, I, don't, I think we're going to go into next SEC season with Auburn being the only coaching change. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, at the same time, you said like he get like historic loss against Tennessee for the second year in a row. It was it, it was, was the worst loss in the first in quarter in twenty one years. Tennessee, uh, Mizzou. That was their worst loss in twenty one years. Oh, besides all the <laughs> PR stuff from a couple of years ago, but other than that, um, no, they they had like it just. I remember that game last year. Tennessee was up twenty eight nothing in the first like five minutes. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on? Um, that is all the SEC stuff, right? Uh, it was a really it was a it was a fun week for sure. I will say we got to talk a little bit about what happened around the country because outside of this little bubble, college football was awesome this weekend. It made no fucking sense. There wasn't a single thing that happened that made any sense. I don't know if you've seen the the latest uh, AP poll that came out, but go ahead and look at the the last five teams that are listed in that AP poll. I'll pull it up for you. Okay. Um, you want to take try to take a guess at it? Oh, I've got it now. Uh-huh. Well. I watched Tulane get run all over by uh, John Rice Plumley, and I can't, I could not believe when I saw Tulane was still ranked. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. They didn't like, drop much at all. Did. 
they, they yeah, they drop a couple spots. I'm like, no, like two lanes should fall out. But you're That's right. It's also their 61st straight loss to a ranked ranked opponent. It's a it's a worse than college football. Two lane Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Okie State, and Oregon State. It's not great. Say that again. <laughs> Coastal Carolina, Tulane, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Oregon State. Just like Notre Dame somehow snuck back into the fucking top 20, which I hate. Um, but the Pac-12 finally did what everything, all these like, all these teams I feel like every every year in the Pac-12 do, which is you can only have nice things for so long out in California. Just you can like can confirm firsthand. Like things are only going to be like, peachy and, and great for a certain amount of time and then all hell's gonna break loose uh and these hippie libs are gonna fucking ruin everyone's year they do it every, like it's constantly like there's not a there's probably not a conference in the country that like cannibalizes itself more in the least fun way than the pac-12 the the oregon loss was absolutely unacceptable like dan lanning this morning has to be like they went for it. They had a fourth and one, a minute 26 to go, Marler, in a tied game. They oh, went for that. it on fourth and one from their own 34 and didn't get it. Gave Washington the ball. And they kicked the field goal. And then Oregon, again, they, they got the ball back and they're trying to get back. But like that should have never happened. You don't go, you punt the ball there. You Imagine being forward. so sold on and being so confident on Bo Nix. Probably deservingly so that you for on their fucking thirty four yard line. Okay, so if that wasn't because because we're sitting there in like uh, at Jordan Hare and it was like thirty four twenty seven, and I go to the bathroom, I come back and, and the game was over. It was thirty seven thirty four ball game. That's it. Um, if that wasn't weird enough, then you had Arizona beating um, UCLA, who we, we talked about about a week ago. I thought like they were kind of getting screwed over about not being a top 10 team and, and possibly better than USC. Um, Arizona, who's awful. Like, like over the past couple of years, their record is on par with like Vandy and Georgia tech and, and all that kind of stuff. They just like, they're like Vandy and Georgia tech just without the academics and probably way more STDs at the same time. Um, then you looked at the, the national game, like the week, like the, the primetime game could not have been more fucking confused on this TCU, Texas. It's three to nothing at the half. Good defenses. It, sure. <laughs> that, no, it really was. I watched most of that game, too. I had that on, on one of my TVs, and they just – Quinn Ewers could not do anything. Like, that That offense no. really, really struggled. I was told that he was like – yeah, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I mean, he and he's been really good. He's been really good. But they held a Steve Sarkeesian offense to under 200 yards. And so I just kind of assumed – all right, well, maybe Max Duggan, like, you know, was was back to playing hero ball because you had seven straight games where he had at least three touchdowns, at least in seven straight games. And then I don't know what's happened in the last two, um, but he has he's kind of just fallen off a, a cliff. They they ended up winning 17 to three or 17 to 10. This was like such a just chef's kiss. Texas is not back. They are the moment's too big for them, and they're gonna piss down their leg in front of everybody. Moment, I just I and hate everybody to see it. was picking them in this game. Like literally, I didn't talk to a single person last week that that was saying, "Man, TCU is gonna keep this thing rolling." Everybody was saying, "Prime time night game at DK Royal Stadium, Texas is this is it. They're this is they're gonna beat they're gonna beat TCU." And TCU ran it down their throat. Uh, the Miller kid broke off a seventy-five yard run. Yeah, and 
Uh, I mean, that was really it. It was it was like Texas kept keeping it close, and you're like, all right, here we go. They just could never put the drive together. TCU's defense deserves a lot of credit. And look, we're gonna have a lot of people, you know, Tennessee fans rooting like crazy for TCU to lose. TCU can lose a Baylor this weekend. Baylor is still a very good. Baylor team. sucks. That's a tough place to play. I'll just, just tell you, they're not. It as wasn't good for K State. Okay, Baylor's not as good as they were a year ago. Would not surprise me at all if they if they upset TCU this weekend. Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, and I almost hate to say that too because it's like it speaks volumes about how, how tough like the the Big Twelve actually is, right? As a conference, at the same time, um, it's also like if if TCU goes into this weekend without like any sort of if, if they're fucking an underdog again, which Vegas hates them, so does the College Football Playoff Committee. Um, so does like Texas Atheist University, I guess. I don't know. They they get hated on a lot, a lot. Um, it was very surprising they were seven and a half point underdog. But uh, the last guy I want to talk about before we get into some Heisman talk and 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 get you out of here, UNC Wake man. UNC is 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 I don't know what they did. They are like like an inner city step like a substitute teacher man. They just get shit on constantly, constantly. Um. They're an underdog, I guess. It was it was at Wake, but Drake May. Seven great year, man. He should be the Heisman front runner, in my opinion. Hey, go look at who okay. they've beaten this year. I mean, it's listen, it, it, Gene Chizik. <laughs> he if, first off, he wins the Heisman. Gene Chizik should get a part of that Heisman, and not in a good way either. Look, their their run recently. They they had close wins against Virginia, Duke. Miami, who who shit, Pitt. I mean, like th- this is who they've been beating up on. It's I don't want to take anything away from North Carolina. They they are Same a they're one of the one of the best sneaky nine and one teams out there. But like, also who who've you beaten? And again, okay. But first off, this is probably the biggest like like performance we've seen from Drake in quite some time. <laughs> like, for, and also you brought the Michael Penix thing. That kid, he's nowhere near, uh, he's never like anywhere being talked about for the Heisman. But Drake May, they are nine and one. If they beat Clemson, he, there's no way he wins the Heisman. There's no fucking way he wins the Heisman because right. he plays at UNC and no one pays attention to it and it doesn't matter. But it's a really, really great year that he's having. And it's just going unnoticed. And I don't understand why because like they're about to, they, they're about to get humbled. They play their two best, the two best teams they'll face all year these next two weeks. Who, what do you mean? State, NC State and Clemson. NC State, they've been out with uh, their starting quarterbacks been out all year. But like what I'm saying is they're two top 20 teams. Like you're finally going to get tested by good teams. Okay. Well, um, I was not expecting that that amount of negativity, Connor. But I will tell you that uh, the 39 touchdowns and three interceptions, if this guy was wearing a Michigan helmet, he would be the front runner for the Heisman right now. So, so you're saying now he plays on the East Coast. Is it West Coast bias that's not giving Drake May the love or what? First off, he's from Canada. Drake is from Canada. So he's polite to everyone. He like this Drake May is the kind of kid that's gonna put out thank you cards to every single voter, even if they didn't vote for him. Drake May Drake May is from North Carolina. Drake May is actually from the Canadian part of North Carolina, which you don't understand because you're not cultured. Um, all right, let's get out of here because I know you're tired and you've done you've you've been uh, a wait, wait, godsend. Ether, one more thing in when we're talking yeah, about all these teams. USC. It is setting up for them. They're going to find a way into the playoff. One because it's Lincoln Riley, but go look, so. at, go look at who their next two teams are. And by the way, they played on Friday, so we forgot about them. They beat up on Colorado. They played, oh, I didn't. I bet on them. 
They played number 12 UCLA this weekend, and then they played number 20 Notre Dame. They're going to win both those. They're going to the oh, Pac-12. USC's getting in the playoff. That's actually a good point because they'd also have to beat Oregon most likely. Yeah. That UCLA-USC like game will be really good. I don't like it. Tennessee fans, get ready to get pissed off. USC's going to get in ahead of you. I don't – I actually don't – I think Tennessee will get in. Um, anyway, so the Heisman, like, we're, we are ending the season pretty soon. This is week 13, which is notoriously the worst weekend of the year if you're an SEC fan because there's very few conference matchups. Alabama's playing Austin, sit down to pee. Uh, Auburn's playing Western Kentucky. Um, Vanderbilt's playing themselves. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know how you do that. And so – Anyway, um, there are some good matchups. Like you said, the USC-UCLA game. Uh, I want to say Utah's playing somebody. Illinois-Michigan is something, I guess. I don't know. But there are still stories and teams that are, I feel like, getting overlooked constantly, like the Drake May thing. Who are your top three to five teams or players that are not getting enough love that you want to give a shout-out to? Oh, man. That, that aren't getting enough love? Yeah, that you you would like to get on a soapbox right now and, and, and give them some love. Oh, jeez. Hmm. Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, I feel like, doesn't get enough love at Kansas State. Right. I think he's had a fantastic year. He's already over 1,000 yards. Um, he, I don't know if he's going to win any national awards, uh, and he gets a lo- enough love in the SEC, but what Quinshawn Judkins did this year, he jumped Rocket Sanders, by the way. Rocket Sanders only had like 46 yards against LSU. Yeah, so he's not – Judkins is now the leading rusher in the SEC. I think like – a true freshman. Yeah, as a true freshman. If he doesn't make a couple of, you know, all-American lists, like it's going to be a damn a damn shame. Um, you yeah. Know, he'll be, he'll be he all won't. freshman teams, but, you know, like that that's one that that I think he deserves a little bit more love. Um, I wish Stetson Bennett had more touchdown passes, man. I would make a case for him in the Heisman race, but I just, well, he, we, like they started to make a case for him and he deserved to be in the talk. He, he has the Early, six yeah. best odds out of any, out of any other player in the country right now. I haven't pulled up our, our friends at DraftKings. They have, uh, they have like the latest odds up right now. And, and CJ Stroud, despite what happened against Northwestern is still the overwhelming favorite. And listen, they, they blew out Indiana, which is a surprise to no one. But C.J. Stroud, Hinden Hooker, Blake Corum, Drake May. Drake May and Blake Corum actually have the same odds, which is – I'll tell you right now that Drake May won't finish anywhere close to Blake Corum in terms of votes. Caleb Williams snuck back in, and then you have Stetson Bennett in the fourth, um, right ahead of Max Duggan and Jaden Daniels. I, you know, I don't know what surprises me more, the fact that Bryce Young and Bo Nix have the same odds or that Stetson Bennett is the quarterback that on the defending national champion like Georgia Bulldogs – they're undefeated again this year. And like, I mean, he, like he had the ball rolling. Like they, they had early Heisman talk for him. And then he just, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's enough big games left on that schedule for him. Um, because I don't think no offense. I think they're going to kill LSU. Well, and let's be real. If they had to go to the backup for the rest of the season, they're probably still well, winning those games. N- Georgia. First off, I don't, that guy looks like Marv from home alone. So I don't know if that's true. Um, but no, it's, I like I like the, the sets of comment. Will uh, Will Rogers is probably a guy that I would have said the same thing about early on, but he's now that he's played good competition. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. What's great, I did the I did the numbers on Will Rogers. Go look go look at his stats in the four losses. He's thrown one touchdown or less in all the losses. Twenty four combined touchdowns in the six wins. 
Like he's when like, he's on, he's just will they win. When they <laughs> when they lose, he's terrible. Like it's it's weird. Oh. Um, I will say uh, another team that I feel like is not getting enough love. Um, UCF. And I, I never want to say that. Right now, Bama's projected to play them in a bowl game, and I'm going to kill myself Uh-oh. if that happens. John Rice Plumlee's going to run all over Bama. For that. sure. And <laughs> Gus Malzahn's the coach, and Bama's going to have everyone sitting out. Um, oh, no, yeah, I, Bryce, I think Bryce Young's not going to play in that Florida game, whatever it is. No one back, is. Capital One. First off, you know the names of the bowl games, okay? Um, actually, I'm trying to think of the last time you guys would have been in there. Uh, I don't think that they're they're getting anywhere close to the amount of love they should be getting. Uh, from a team standpoint, man, I, I just TCU. They're ranked in the top four. I feel like they still somehow fly under the radar. Um, it makes no sense to me. It just I they constantly constantly get overlooked. But UNC is the same way, and like it, I don't even think it has anything to do with their defense. As much as I want to blame Chizik because yeah. he unfollowed me on Twitter, I I think it's like somehow they're just not a big enough brand, and it's kind of Clemson's fault somehow. Um, that the ACC is so down. I, I think like the conference as a whole has held them back. I think we're going to get, um, it's funny. A lot of these award watch lists are coming out with their finalists. I think the Lombardi comes out with their four finalists this coming mm-hmm. week. Um, you know, we're starting to butt kiss all these awards. Drew Sanders, I think deserves something for, for what I was he's thinking on this year. Has it, have his numbers gone up though? I mean, he's still, still nice. the SEC leader in sacks. Yeah. Nine sacks is still, I mean, that's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, you know, Jordan Dominic, another one at Arkansas, who's had a really great year. Uh, I had somebody t- talking to me yesterday about Harold Perkins. They said he'll be freshman All-American, but he honestly should be just All-American with the year that he's had. But it's, he has it's seven and a half stacks. So. But it's one of those things like he's coming on late, and it feels mm-hmm. like so many of these writers already have things decided in their head. Like they, what you did the first six weeks of the season is what we're, they base so much of their stuff on. It's like they don't allow things to change as the, yeah. you know, as the weeks go along. It's but, always really bad with college football writers too, because it's either that or it's only what you've done like at the end of the season. Which yeah, as, just, as he, like if, if you perform great in the SEC championship game, they will boost you a million points because, okay, that was the, the, the last thing we saw you do. Oh, you don't have to just, just say Bryce's name, dickhead. That's, I mean, really uncalled for. Um, Drew Sanders has eight and a half sacks. He leads the SEC. Will Anderson has eight somehow right behind him. And your boy Harold Perkins has seven and a half right behind him. The, the SEC, what, what website are you looking at? CFPstats.com. So SEC Sports credits, uh, SECsports.com credits Sanders with nine and Perkins with eight. What about Will Anderson? He has like two? He has eight. Okay. So that's the official SEC that... stats. That's what I go by. Everybody else is okay. Um, The last thing I would say, the 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 – uh, group is not getting enough love is the officials. The SEC officials have done a really good job turning turning it around because they get so much criticism early in the season. And I feel like you watch games now and they have done a great job of learning from their mistakes, um, not over-impacting games and not being... I'm fucking kidding. They get worse and worse every single week. They're, like There was a targeting call in, in the Auburn game where I'm pretty sure I saw the kid's tooth fly out of his mouth like the entire world saw it. it like the, the, the noise will haunt me forever. And they somehow like referees going to review and looking at a video and still making the wrong call. I, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm over it. I think they need to change. There was, there was that the fumble in the Mississippi state Georgia game where they had ruled the play dead. Cause they said his, 
forward progress had been stopped. And Mike Leach was like, no, they clearly, and on the replay you saw, it's a right. fumble. The ball was out before he was brought to the ground, but it's that stupid thing. Well, no, once we blew the whistle, the play was right. dead, and that's it. It was like, that should Georgia got a call? They it, went their way? Yeah, it should still be reviewable. I'm, I'm, I think overall, for the most part, the refs have, like, I don't think they've cost anybody games. Like, typically, was it Arkansas that or Auburn that always gets screwed, whoever? Auburn, no. Auburn got, like, they screwed over Arkansas. got, like, two wins that's, in the 2020 season. That's what it was. Yeah. But I feel like there hasn't been huge, monstrous, blatant ones. But overall, they're still not great. It's been I, I don't know how you could say that if you have not witnessed Bama getting 17 penalties at Tennessee. Well, that's what I was going to say. They finally started penalizing Bama this year. So, Fun fact, they've been the most penalized team in the conference three of the last four years. I'll say it again. Um, no, the last but not least, too, I, I will say at Auburn, uh, a kid that just does not get enough love, Jarquez Hunter, Jarquez Hunter uh, is awesome. He's awesome to watch. Yeah. Um and the other one too is Derek Hall is one of the best looking, like physically uh, imposing players in this league. And it's been really fun to see that that, that team kind of get like signs of life again. Because listen, Carl Williams doesn't know shit about how to coach like, like the defensive line um, or the offensive line. And somehow magically, since that rent-a-cop from Boise has been gone, Brian Harson. They have been they've been night and day. So yeah, he knows um, about thing or two about coaching uh, running backs. There, they they look pretty good. Oh, uh, somebody else threw in Malachi Starks at Georgia. He deserves some love. Yeah, he's great, man. He's great. Um, listen, I know you're tired. I appreciate you coming on here and filling in for for Tyler. Um, tell everyone where they can find your your content and your stuff, um, and then I'll make sure it's taken out uh, of the final <laughs> product. Just wherever you wherever you find your podcast, search, just search Locked On SEC. We have Marlar on once a week anyway, so. Um, yeah, listen to all of them except that one. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. All right, dude. Um, thank you again. And I will. Uh, we're, we're. I got a couple more things we're gonna say um, to close out the show. But thank you for uh, joining us, Gordy. All right, good. Talk to you soon. See you, bud. All right. Um, this has been a long show, um, which is probably to no surprise since I was the one planning it, and I don't know what I'm doing without Tyler. Anyway, uh, we have a big week ahead. We have a lot of content coming your way. Um, SEC championship games coming up. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a shout out to a um, several people by name. I mentioned Jax earlier, who gave us the tickets to the game. Um, we like we've had a, we've had a lot of fun this season. Uh, I feel like probably more so late in the year um, than maybe early on, and it's been one of those things. Where I I hate the fact that there's two weeks left in the season, uh, but going to Auburn this weekend was just a a really great experience and meeting all these people and. It made me think about this on the way home today. Like, like I've met I've met Willie Gray um, before in person, but most of you guys are just like, you know, our internet friends, or our listeners, or whatever. But you guys really do mean so much to us, and it's it, it's the only reason we have a show and can be successful because you guys somehow put up with us. Um, and we went we went down there. Or I went down there this weekend, and I was fully expecting just like to make fun of like you know the Colts, the the overalls the weird ass names like Kip and, and don't get me wrong. I definitely did make fun of it, but it was a great experience. And if you are an Auburn fan, it, I, I will say there are not, I'm not, it's not the best atmosphere in the country, but there are not a lot of, of other places in the world of college football that are like Auburn. Um, and it was a really, really cool experience and a, and a really cool vibe. And we, we really enjoyed it. Also, there's a Whataburger on campus. So, um, 
shout out to everybody we got to meet this weekend uh, from Auburn Twitter, from uh, all those good things. We we had a great time. Hope to do it again soon. Love you too, William Gray. Um, Bam should hire Glenn Schumann to replace Saving with the Times. Who's Glenn Schumann? Um, anyway, yeah. So we had a couple of questions uh, that people threw out in the Facebook group. I'll be honest. I'm pretty, I feel like it's, it's probably time to end the show. Um, but we will make sure we get them and the voicemails from last week on the upcoming episode. Uh, we don't have a place, a game we're going to this weekend as of right now. You guys have any ideas? Let us know. Um, I will say, I think, I think I might be headed to the egg bowl in a couple of weeks and also maybe the iron bowl as well. Sorry to get teary eyed at the cowbells. Why would you get teary eyed at the cowbells? There's that. Um, yeah. Also, last but not least, I know that this weekend sucks uh, in terms of the, what do you call it? The, uh, the slate of games in the SEC. But like that, that, that fat kid that Adam Sandler had to grab by the cheeks in Billy Madison, don't you ever say that. Stay here in, in the season and cherish it for as long as you can, for the love of God. Willie Gray, are we going to Kentucky? I'll go to Kentucky with you. Um, anyway. We will be back tomorrow uh, with, I'm sorry, Tuesday with an episode of me and Connor breaking down the latest playoff rankings. And then Tyler and I will be back on Wednesday. So I hope all of you had a great night. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll see you soon. Love y'all.